0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are locked on Falcons. Of course, I'm your host, Aaron Freeman, and today I am joined by Matt Carolee of the Talking Birdie podcast to give his thoughts on how we should be reacting to the Falcons 32 6 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles in week three.
1: You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the locked on podcast network,
0: your team every day. So guys, you know me, I'm Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at com, RIP, still going strong on Twitter at Falcfans, and throwing up an occasional column over at the Falcaholic. and of course, still hosting this preeminent Locked on Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Falcons features my guest, Matt Carrolly of the Talking Birdie podcast. You guys probably are aware of Matt. You can find Talking Birdie on various podcast platforms as well as at Sports Talk ATL. Uh, You may know Matt as my arch nemesis, at least when it comes to Twitter. Uh, You know. It is what it is, but Matt's going to be joining me talking about his biggest takeaways from the game. We'll talk about some of the disappointments with the offense. We'll talk about some of the concerns about the defense. We'll talk about some positives from this game that we can build upon in the future. We'll talk about some of the big things that the Falcons need to improve. Of course, we're going to be talking quite a bit about the offensive line with a chunk of today's conversation centering on whether or not the Falcons should replace Jalen uh the Falcons rookie left guard ahead of their week two action. And uh, we'll get into Matt's also biggest overreactions, his favorites, his least favorite ones based off of the week one stuff. So we'll get into all of that on today's episode. But before we get into that, I do want to let you guys know that if you are looking for a live show Sunday morning, that's previewing the entire slate of NFL games that features no sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football. Every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., you can check out the Locked On NFL Live Sunday show with hosts Cody Rark, Ross Jackson, as well as a whole host of the local experts here on the NFL side of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On NFL show on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so that you can be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. So um, before we jump into the conversation here with Matt Carley, I, I do want to talk about the one bit of roster news that the Falcons did over the weekend and also on today. They did release Brandon Copeland on Saturday. They re-signed him on Monday. I'm assuming it's a procedural move similar to what we saw with Josh Harris Um, I'm assuming it's because the Falcons didn't want to guarantee his contract because if a veteran player is on the roster as of Sunday at one or when kickoff is that his contract becomes fully guaranteed for the season. Um, But, you know, in doing this move, the Falcons are taking on some extra dead money uh, for Copeland's contract that they will not be able to get out of. So I don't quite understand the actual reasoning behind that move, but you know, it is what it is. I, I guess, you know, trying to figure out what the Falcons are doing has been a, a chore all off season long. So uh we'll just chalk that up as the 45th thing that, you know, is a little bit head scratching to me in terms of what the motives behind the Falcons, various plans and strategy are. But with that sort of being covered, we will talk uh, with Matt Carolee of the talking birdie podcast right now, on today's Locked on Falcons podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are Locked on Falcons. I am, of course, your host, Aaron Freeman, joined by another illustrious guest that is none other than Matt Carolee. You hear him on the Talkin' Birdie podcast. Matt is here to Join us and recap this week one action between the Falcons and Eagles. And much to Matt's Chagrin, the, the streak continues where he comes on the podcast after a Falcons loss. But, uh, you know, it, it's not personal, Matt, even, even though I know yes. to you it feels personal. It's
1: funny how that works out, though, Aaron. It's funny. Uh, you know, just to give listeners uh, a sneak you know, behind the curtain of, of our intense robbery. Aaron hits me up an hour after eagles and falcons you know falcons terrible loss and says hey matt i meant to ask you several days ago this but uh (laughs) you want to come on the show to recap this game and um you know it's fine i made my peace with it you know i'm i'm cool being the guy that tries to uh talk people off the ledge when falcons fall flat on their face like they did but um Something I haven't made my peace with is, I, you know, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button just yet. We'll, we'll break it all down. But, uh, again, week one, crazy things happen. Certainly not the start that, you know, Arthur Smith era wanted to get off uh, to. But, you know, let's, uh, let's get
0: into it. Yeah. Uh, for, for clarity's sake, I did mean to hit you up, but because weekend activities <laughs> uh, led to me getting distracted. And I remember thinking Thursday, oh, I should reach out to Matt. And then, you know. Sunday rolls around and I'm like, Oh, I haven't even sent in that message. But, uh, usually this, this week one talking people off the ledge spot is usually reserved for Dave Choate. So, you know, this, this is a special place to be, but, right. uh, you should yeah. t- take this as an honor. Um, talking about the Falcons week one loss of the Eagles, you know, what did you learn about this team on Sunday?
1: One of my biggest takeaways, you know, I was more disappointed in the offense than the defense, you know, and and it's not to say the defense didn't have their moments. I I don't feel like they tested Jalen Hurts uh, too often. And, you know, that's evident by the fact that Jalen Hurts uh, had the lowest intended uh, air yards per throw uh, across all week one starters. It's like three point six. He had a lot of check downs, a lot of quick bubble screens, you know, credit the Eagles in their game plan. But for me, you know, it was just so much more disappointing to see on the offense side of the ball. And, and again, they got off to a, a good start in my mind. Uh, didn't see that up tump, up tempo no huddle offense. Uh, that was that was good to see. Again, that's that's always been a strength of Matt Ryan from the early days. Um, but you know, the red zone woes that have plagued the Falcons the last couple of years, you know, reared their ugly head going over two those first two drives that they drove down the field, settling for field goals. So. You know, all the talk of Arthur Smith and his red zone efficiency uh, success in Tennessee has not carried over or didn't carry over in week one. So that was certainly disappointing. Uh, You know, for me, the protection issues uh, were on full display. something we were worried about, I think, all of us uh, as as Falcons analysts. And, you know, you kind of learn very quickly, especially towards the end of the game, that this isn't the type of team where if they get behind the chains – and Arthur Smith called it obvious football, you know, obvious passing downs. They can't win that way. And, you know, Jalen Mayfield was put on an island at times, and, you know, that that's going to happen in those third and long situations. And, you know, he did not pass those tests. So, you know, that was also something we learned. And then, you know, going back to the play calling too, and we'll have to confirm this when and if the All-22 comes out this week. Uh, I, I just thought there was a lot of vanilla play calls, a lot of vanilla route concepts when I say that the Falcons' defense didn't challenge Shale Hurts, I didn't feel like Arthur Smith challenged the Eagles' defense too much. Uh, you didn't see many shots down the field, or at least routes threatening uh, the safeties down the field, which would have opened up some underneath uh, uh, middle-of-the-field stuff, making Matt's, Matt Ryan's life a little bit easier. So for me, the biggest takeaway was uh, just a disappointing start uh, to the Arthur Smith tenure on offense.
0: Now, Matt, I'm reminded a little bit of that 2018 season opener, the last time the Falcons faced the Eagles in week one. And I remember late in that game when the Falcons needed to go down the field and uh, had to get in sort of five-man protections late in that game, and the Falcons' offensive line could not hold up in that game. And that led to many of the additions and attempts at upgrades that the Falcons made the following offseason. But I'm I'm curious, using that as a sort of a springboard, how is – you know, this Monday, you know, tell the truth Mondays were once upon a time a thing here in Atlanta. How is this Monday after a week one, the sort of disappointment um, that Falcon fans are feeling? In your eyes, how is it, or if it's not, how is it different than what the same similar disappointments that the Falcons have felt over the last three years?
1: Yeah, I remember that 2018 game uh, to open the season against Philly pretty vividly. I, I remember even having you know, one of my only Twitter moments, you know, a thread of tweets that I compiled on that game. And the conclusion I reached in that game was there were opportunities for the Falcons offense to have success. Namely, I thought that was one of Matt Ryan's worst games as a Falcon that I remember around that time period. And I I didn't feel that way about yesterday's game. I, I didn't feel like there were a lot of opportunities where Matt could have taken advantage. There was a couple throws here or there. There was that play action or um, actually – backing up a little bit on, I believe, the second red zone possession. Uh, they called a play action, uh, and Alamany uh, Zacchaeus was isolated at the top of the play, and he ran a corner route. And I thought there was an opportunity for Matt to at least throw it toward the back corner of the end zone, and maybe Alamany could have made a play. He, he opted to instead look towards Russell Gage's way, who slipped, and you know Matt kind of sailed it out of the back of the end zone. So there was that, and then there was, there was a shot play later in the game where, you know, uh, they, you know, kind of ran a layered concept with two corner routes and Ridley and and Gage, you know, Gage at the top, Ridley underneath. Matt, Matt opted for Ridley and kind of overthrew him a bit. You know, Ridley got his hands on it but couldn't bring it down. Other than that, I, I didn't feel like there was many opportunities, at least from the passing standpoint, uh, to really do damage. And and that that's the worrying part, or that's that's the real negative for me to take away from this is. You know the opportunities were slim. You know, again, they I, I liked. If we're going to talk about some positives, you know, they did establish the run. The run game has been as good as it's been in several years, so hopefully that carries forward uh, in in successive weeks. But you know that that first Philly game in 2018, I thought there was missed opportunities that they could have won that game. Whereas here, I didn't. I didn't feel that way.
0: Okay. Now, you mentioned some positives, and I want to continue that conversation to see if there are any more positives in addition to the running game uh, that we can take away from this week one action. And we'll get into that with Matt Carly of Talking Birdie Podcast here on the Locked on Falcons podcast. Now, there weren't that many positives in regards to my fantasy teams this weekend, but maybe there were for you. But everybody could use that edge to help them win their fantasy leagues this year. And that's where Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast hosted by Vinny Iyer comes into play, giving you the data that you need so that your fantasy squad never fails. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now that football season is back, let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family or office mates. They offer dozens of including Survivor Pick'em, Confidence Pools, and more. Run Your Pool hosts formats for NFL and college football with one-week games, full season playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own. You can join for free the Locked On Falcons Pick'em by going to the Locked On Falcons Twitter page and clicking the link in the pinned tweet at the top. And if you're interested in starting your own pool, you can check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code Locked On at checkout out. Anywhere or everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season has already started, so start today at runyourpoolcom slash on and have your pool up and running in minutes. runyourpoolcom slash on So Matt, you already mentioned sort of the run game as one of the positives that you can take away from the game. Do you have any additional thoughts on that or are there other positives that uh, you want to look at uh, that you sort of can glean from Sunday's action that the Falcons can potentially uh, build upon?
1: Yeah, I mean, to add to the run game specifically, I was very impressed with Cordero Patterson and, you know, his transition to, to a running back, I think, is fully complete and, I think he's going to be a nice piece, and you could see why you know they prioritized him the way they did, and you know he was the free agent that they gave the most money to this off season. So I, I liked what I saw from him, you know, his vision, uh, his patience, and you know the way that he you know pressed the hole, kind of set up defenders, uh, you know, was great. I mean, even that third and nine when they dialed up a draw play, and you know he was he showed the burst uh, to hit that hole and and to convert, you know on a draw play was was impressive so uh you know for me he was the lone bright spot there, there weren't a lot you could say on offense but he was the one that i was pleasantly surprised with and he's gonna be a nice piece uh to pair with mike davis uh moving forward the other positive again the defense had its moments where you know you, you expected more uh, you know I, I think they dialed up some timely pressures just the free rusher never got home Uh, But the two fourth down stops, I mean, the Eagles were 0 for 2 on fourth downs. I mean, it was impressive. And some of those were short yard situations, which, you know, usually the advantage is with the offense. So uh, they did their part at times kind of keeping the offense in it as long as they could. And just the offense uh, couldn't capitalize, you know, due to execution issues with the, you know, back-to-back offensive pass interference calls or, you know, other penalties or miscues. Um, so, again, I thought the defense, you know, held its own uh, until the point where, again, Falcons turned the ball over in, in enemy territory. And, you know, at that point, Falcons kind of were just packing it in. So, um, again, not not many bright spots to take away from a 32-6 to six defeat. But the fact that the defense uh, stood tall on two fourth downs, I thought, um, you know, was noteworthy.
0: Now, what are some of the key areas that you feel like the Falcons need to improve upon in order to play better? Is it the offensive line? Is it, you know, the defense is sort of what are some of these elements that you feel like need to step up in order for the Falcons to play better in week two and beyond?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd like to cop out and say everything. <laughs> yeah. they, they didn't, they, they didn't do a lot well, but you know, again, it starts with uh, you know, execution and uh, again, cleaning up these penalties, um, you know, Jalen Mayfield committing multiple false starts. When Drew Dahlman was inserted, he committed a timely or untimely false start, you know, which backed them up when they were they were really rolling, getting some steam at the two yard line, and then you had that false start, and or I think they had an illegal uh, procedure by Kyle Pitts and then a false start by Dahlman. Again, those are the those are the types of miscues that need to be cleaned up. Falcons had, I believe, twelve penalties for ninety-nine yards. So it starts there. And then again, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you pointed out protection. Uh, Jalen Mayfield uh, needs to get his act together quickly, and you know the competition doesn't get any easier with Vitavea and Ndamukong Sue on tap against Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Week Two. So it'll be interesting. I know Arthur Smith uh, made some comments, kind of holding the door open at left guard, but you know I'm skeptical that they're going to pull the plug this early on a guy that they they coveted with the 68th overall pick and. We're pretty confident uh, would make for a good guard. So uh, for me, it's you know it's execution, it's the miscues, cleaning them up, and then you know getting better protection on the off side of the ball. Defense, again, I, I want to see them challenge uh, the opposing offense a little bit more. And I, I don't know. Kind of curious to get your thoughts. Not sure if you commented on your uh, rapid reaction uh, episode, but I, I don't know if they were concerned about the threat of of Jalen's legs. And that's why they, I didn't think they were as aggressive as they could have been or should have been. Um, you know, again, I, I, mentioned they, I thought they dialed up a few timely blitzes here and there, but I expected a little bit more. Uh, and I just felt like they, they, they were sitting back and relying on a four man pressure that, you know, they don't really have the individual horses, uh, to do so. So, um, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but for me, I'd like to see them be a little bit more aggressive because again, that's kind of what we were hoping for out of DMPs is a manufactured pass rush and uh, to rely on a four man pressure.
0: Isn't going to get it done with this, with this group of guys. Yeah. I think, you know, I, again, obviously I haven't really rewatched the game. Thanks. uh, Shout out to NFL game pass uh, and probably won't get a chance to watch the game until probably this weekend. Um, But Yeah, that was my assumption that they probably played a little bit more softer uh, with the zone stuff uh, in large part due to they wanted to keep eyes on Jalen Hurts uh, so that, uh, you know, that's one of the downsides of playing a lot of man coverage when you have a mobile quarterback Um, and sort of that's the conflicts that can often come about with your sort of defensive game planning where you tend to be a little bit more vanilla when you have a quarterback that can make plays with his legs. So I'm, I'm sure that was a significant factor, whether that's the number one factor or you know the Falcons had other reasons for thinking um, that uh, you know their game plan, which is, as you mentioned, probably a little bit more conservative, not as sort of throwing the kitchen sink at, at Jalen Hurts like myself. And, and seemingly, it sounds like you were sort of expecting uh, from DMPs in week one. So I I think it's probably a significant factor. Yeah. Now you mentioned your skepticism about the Falcons decision to bench Jalen Mayfield, but, you know, I I share similar skepticism that the team will quote unquote panic or overreact to his performance in week one. Um, But I, I guess my question is, is less what you think the Falcons should do or will do, but what you think the Falcons should do if you were sort of, you know, if, if uh, Arthur Smith called you up and said, "You know, what should we do about the left guard situation? What would be uh, your input?"
1: It's difficult because you know they're at, they're at the point in the season where you know Plan B and Plan C. There's there's not a lot of great options out there. You know, Drew Dalman. I for the snaps that he came in on uh, that second drive. I, I don't know. I wasn't sure why uh, Mayfield Mayfield left got the game. Up. Did he? Okay. Yeah, exactly. So, but when he when he came in the game, uh, from a run blocking standpoint, I, there was two blocks that I really liked from him, uh, where he you know took Hassan Ridgeway on a ride on the first block, and then he had a pretty nice reach block on defensive lineman uh, and played two or three. So, from a run blocking standpoint, liked what I saw from him. Pass protection was okay. Uh, I thought it was again smaller sample size than Mayfield, but I thought he was better. Than Mayfield on the few times the Falcons did pass when he was in the game. So there's a legitimate, uh, argument there that, you know, this competition should be opened up, you know, let, let's see what Dolman can do. Again, my guess is Mayfield starts in week two and if it continues to go as poorly as it did in week one, then, you know, maybe Arthur Smith says, Hey, Dolman get in there. And, uh, this is now, a kind of like I think we had last year with Hennessy doing a rotation early on at left guard with James Carpenter. We, we might get something like that waiting until Josh Andrews comes back, and then it's a three-horse race because, again, looking at the free agents that are available, I mean, you know, I had thrown out Colleccio Assembly. I'm not sure how much of a fit with the zone blocking that they want to do, the outside zone blocking. I don't know how healthy he is e- even uh, when you factor that in uh, – being that he you know busted up his knees, I believe, with Kansas City last year in week five. Outside of that, you know, there's Nick Easton maybe. I don't know if he's contemplating retirement, but really they're in a bad spot. Uh, and again, I would just I would keep the lead short on Mayfield and really uh, allow for Drew Dahlman to to get a shot because again they drafted Drew Dahlman in the fourth round, you know, about forty or so picks after Mayfield so it's not like they didn't covet him either and you know the talk in preseason, uh in training camp was that they were actually pleasantly surprised by what they saw from Dalman uh at guard when you know I know my personal opinion was I thought he was a center-only prospect and maybe they did as well and you know they had you know they wanted to cross-train him because he's going to be the swing interior offensive lineman to start so they have to see what he can do at guard and again uh Hearing those words, I mean, you should potentially consider giving him a shot there. So that's kind of, I guess, long-winded answer to say I keep the leash short on Mayfield going forward, and really consider uh, the possibility of putting Dalman in there, um, you know, long term until I guess Andrews comes back, and then at that point, again, depending on how Dolman Dal- does, I guess you evaluate whether Andrews gets his job back or not.
0: Uh, no love for Kobe Gossett, uh, from you,
1: Matt. Uh, like. well, that's okay. Yeah. Fair. I, I totally forgot about him. I mean, I guess, you know, again, depending on how Mayfield and, and Dalman do, uh, you know, if, if both of them are swings and misses and, you know, Andrews isn't back, then yeah, I guess, I guess you have to consider Gossett, but it, it was interesting because Gossett played, what was it? Just a handful of snaps at the end there at right guard. I believe it was, Um, I don't know if that, maybe that's a little bit of an overreaction or reading too, too much into that, but the fact that he didn't get the left guard snaps, um, at any point towards the end there, I don't know. Maybe they just consider him depth, uh, because of Andrews being out.
0: I just think that was the the last drive where they were running the ball. They they needed to pull some of their offensive linemen. So they pulled Jake, they pulled Lindstrom and they pulled, I think Hennessy. So. Those were the three guys who yeah. got pulled. Um, we will continue today's episode with uh, Matt Carly uh, talking about our favorite or possibly least favorite week one overreactions because we know it is uh, that time of year where we overreact to what we saw in week one. And we'll get Matt's thoughts on that as we continue today's Lockdown Falcons podcast. But on the note of overreactions, make sure you don't overreact by checking out the Peacock and Williamson podcast, one of the national shows here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And subscribe to Peacock and Williamson so you can hear NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson's takes on this week one action. Subscribe to it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch all the games live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbors, best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way that you can get all the entertainment that you love without any of the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device. Ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion, and get your TV together with the Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So did you know that Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the market, has many delicious flavors, whether you're a fan of coconut almond like me or you prefer mint brownie, cherry bar, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter, brownie, salted caramel, coconut, raspberry, orange or strawberry. There's something for everyone. There's also the occasional limited time flavor, too. You can try them all with a mixed box. Built Bars taste just like a candy bar because they contain 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. My favorite, the coconut almond tastes just like an almond joy. But it's not just about Built Bar's great taste. They're healthy, too. They're low low in sugar and calories, high in protein and fiber. They're the healthy snack that tastes just like a candy bar, but you get none of the guilt. Just head over to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. So, uh we're here with Matt Carley and wrapping up our sort of reaction less than rapid on this week one action between the Falcons and Eagles and you know, it's Monday as we're recording this Tuesday, as most of you are listening to this and we've heard a lot of, uh, reactions to the Falcons, uh, 32 to six loss in that week one game on Sunday over the last 24 plus hours. And I guess Matt, you know, where are you standing on seeing some of the responses, some of the reactions to this week, one game? Is there a favorite one of yours that you have? Is there a least favorite one of yours that you have in terms of people in your eyes, overreacting to what we saw on Sunday?
1: I'll be honest. I I haven't seen too many. Uh, I, I, I I knew Going in that if the Falcons lost this one, you know, this was going to be a rough week on Twitter. This was going to be a rough week talking Falcons because this was, you know, we, we assumed the gettable, winnable game to start the season, you know, with the Super Bowl champs on deck, that one, you know, we were expecting we're expecting a loss. Um, so I've kind of uh, tried to tune out a lot of the, the noise as much as I can, but obviously you, you see the quarterback talk. Uh, Anytime something like this happens, you see the quarterback talk, you see the revisionist history being played about the Falcons' decision at the fourth overall pick. So that's certainly – anything that has to do with that, those have been my least favorite overreactions. If I had to say a favorite, I don't know. Uh, I don't even know if this is an overreaction. But anything that has to do with the offensive line – and, again, this probably isn't an overreaction because I think they're going to struggle – you know, going forward, I don't know if week one's a fugazi or anything like that. So, anything that has to do with the offensive line being a dumpster fire, uh, yeah, I, I fully, you fully got my stamp of approval on that. Um, I, I know I've seen some, some talk of, you know, Thomas Dimitrov and the position he's put us in, uh, with these contracts. I, I laugh at those. I, I don't know. Uh, I think the one thing, and I know it, this affects all teams, but not enough talk about this $182.5 million salary cap with the pandemic, I think, is made. And, again, some teams were in the position to handle it just because of where they're at in their timeline. And the Falcons, you know, coming off of a timeline where, you know, they they went all in the past two off seasons. Uh, you know, with restructures and and thinking that, again, you know, they have to do this because, you know, Dan Quinn, Thomas Mitchell's jobs were on the line. So then for the next year to be this, you know, this supposed fresh start uh, for a new regime, it's a tough spot to be in. And, again, I I think they managed it as well as they could have. They certainly, you know, for whatever reason have – Kept the Grady Jarrett restructure in their back pocket, and they also, you know, didn't get too aggressive with any of the uh, the void year restructure. They didn't do any void years. I think they're one of a handful of teams, if not the only team in the NFL, to not use a single void year. Which again just pushes money uh, further down the line, down the line where the the players' contracts don't even exist. The, the years don't even exist on their deals. Um, but it's a mechanism that you saw a bunch of teams utilize this off season just because of the fact that the salary cap was as low as it's been in, in several years again you know punishing Dimitrov I, I don't know if that's I don't I don't agree with it um, but again I get a kick out of it I mean it's 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 an easy target so I you know I chuckle at it but I guess not to go off on a tangent but you know, I'm reminded then of criticism of Terry now just the the, the boring offseason I know you've been a little bit critical of him and you know hope, hope that he had done more and again I I always thought that they believe they can they can contend or they can at least uh, be a decent football team and I don't think that's out of the car just yet again for me let's let's get to that week six bye and then we'll kind of have a better understanding I think of where this football team's at but you know I thought both him and Arthur Smith thought they have enough here to win, but they also don't want to jeopardize any any future years, and that's why uh, they had a very boring offseason and didn't utilize the restructures or, or all of them that they could have um, and didn't sign any big free agents like uh, a Joe Thune at guard, which certainly would, would come in handy now after seeing you know, the yeah. Jalen Mayfield experience in week one. But, um, but those are just a couple that, again, seeing those, I think – they're my favorites just because I think they're silly and, uh, you know, I don't I don't think uh, they hold much
0: water. Okay. I'm very curious to see if they, uh, you know, change their tune, I, I guess, six months from now. Whether they will be a lot more willing to do some of those voidable contracts and, uh, you know, kick the salary cap can down the road. Um, and I think it just comes down to how their season plays out. I mean,
1: if they're another four or five, six-win football team, then then I would say probably not again. They're going to try to maybe look to tear it down, but we'll see. I mean, yeah, it's a long ways away and things change uh, in a flash in the NFL. There you go.
0: So Matt, I uh, appreciate you coming on and joining me. You know, we'll see how many people you were successfully able to talk off the ledge. Uh, but uh, if people want to respond and either shout from the rooftop that uh, they're still on that ledge or, or, you know, they're like, you know, I decided to, to come in from outside and, you know, to, to wait and see. Where can people uh, get in contact with you and where can they find your other Falcon-related uh, content?
1: Yeah, I'm sure it's coming because, I you know, looking back on this episode now, I don't feel like I did that much to talk them off the ledge. I'm just, I guess, telling them to practice some patience here. Let's get to week six and then... You know, we'll we'll talk and you can tell me how wrong I was about the season because I'm sure people are lining up to do that. But, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Carly. uh, Carly spelled K-A-R-O-L-Y. As Aaron mentioned, co-host of uh, Talking Birdie Pod uh, on Twitter, at Talking Birdie Pod, um, part of the Sports Talk ATL umbrella. So make sure you're checking out uh, their work at sportstalkatl.com. But uh, we do a weekly podcast. We – usually record on tuesdays but during the season we are going to go probably wednesdays assuming you know game pass and all 22 cooperates although that's wishful thinking right now um wanted to give us an extra day to, to maybe uh break down the all 22 but uh you can catch that episode probably on, on thursdays now uh wherever you find your podcast so that's the talking birdie pod uh and on twitter make sure you're giving them a follow at talking birdie pod uh, so yeah
0: all right, Matt. Appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, hopefully there will be some wins down the horizon or down the line yes. uh, that you can come on the podcast and, and actually, you know, hearken back to this episode and say, see, I told you, you just needed to practice some patience. So I, I hope for your sake that your future <laughs> uh, appearances on Lockdown Falcons are, are much more positive.
1: Well, that's hope so. But either way, it's always great to, to chop it up with you like the old days. So uh
0: really appreciate you having me here. Thanks. So, guys, there you have it. Matt Carolee of Talking Birdie Podcast. And for those of you that, you know, are relatively new to the podcast, I should give you sort of what the plan is for what a typical week is. It's it's pretty regimented uh, in, in one sense, but Monday's episodes are going to be my rapid reaction to the game. Those are going to drop Sunday night as well. Um, and when they drop Sunday night, sometime between basically 7 and 10 p.m. Eastern time, most Sundays um, and Tuesdays will be what was today where a Falcons adjacent guest usually comes on and gives their perspective on the most recent game uh, to see how they differ from some of the things that you heard from me on the Monday episode. Then Wednesdays normally would be sort of our all 22 review, but it will basically strictly be a Q and a episode where you guys get to submit your questions. And as Matt and I discussed, if you don't know, NFL has kind of restricted access to the all 22 on their game pass Uh, This summer, starting this summer, now they have, you know, pledged that they are going to restore it at some point this week. But I will not be subscribing to Game Pass until it is restored, just out of spite or boycotting, whatever you want to say, out of principle or whatever the case may be. So at some point this week, I hope to uh, regain my access to Game Pass and will get a chance to rewatch this Sunday game. I have not rewatched it and will not rewatch it until that access is restored. So there's a decent chance that I will not rewatch this Eagles game, uh, you know, between now and Sunday. But because of that limitation of the all 22, this Wednesday's episode, tomorrow's will just purely be a, a QA. So if you have questions, of course, you can send those into lockdownfalcons at mail.com or send them into Twitter or Facebook at Falcons as the places to do so. But what will probably wind up happening is next week's All 22 review will probably fold in what I saw on the All 22 from this week's game uh, as well. Thursdays, of course, are crossover Thursdays where I will be joined by the uh, hosts of the upcoming show. So this week it will be, you know, one or both of the Locked On Bucks uh, hosts. And then Friday is just going to generally be our grab bag episode. Some weeks that may be a guest, some weeks that may be, you know, me answering leftover mailbag questions. Some weeks that may be just me talking about what's going on in the news, or some weeks it may just be a topic that has been rattling around in my brain and didn't really fit, you know, me talking about on previous episodes or whatever the case may be. So that is going to be the general outline and plan and, uh, regiment that we will have on the podcast for most of this upcoming season. Obviously, if there are any changes to that, I will let you guys know. But you can expect that uh, throughout the week. Obviously, I think you should listen to every episode. But I'm I know, looking at the analytics, that some of you guys like to listen to specific episodes. Um, so that is the plan. Tomorrow will be a Q and A episode. So of course, send in those questions. And then after that on Thursday, we'll have the crossover episode. So with that being said, guys. Appreciate you for tuning in. Hope you listen to tomorrow's episode. And, you know, in addition to listening to today's Lockdown Falcons as well as tomorrow's Lockdown Falcons, make sure you check out the Lockdown Bets podcast where, you know, in order to get you out of your Falcons based depression, you can make a little bit of money by betting some money on other teams that don't frustrate you. You know, I personally tend to avoid betting money surrounding the on the Falcons or against the Falcons, just generally because I always wind up kicking myself even more if I lose money betting on or against the Falcons. So I generally like to bet on other things in other sports. And of course that's where the Locked on Bets podcast, if you are like me or not like me, the Locked On Bets podcast can hook you up there with handicapping expert Lee Sterling giving you his daily picks, his blowout specials, as well as his lock of the day that can help you win some extra cash. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you you get your podcast. So guys, there you have it. Appreciate it till then.